It's the ABC's High School Teachers Really Need to Know, episode number nine, Internalized Marketing. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. It is good to be with you again this week. I am really, and it's hard for me to hide the fact that I'm really excited about this particular episode. Really, this episode and last week's episode, uh, Humanizing the Process, uh, between that and this internalizing marketing episodes, they're really exciting to me because I really feel like these two, and I'm excited about all my episodes, obviously, all the content that I give you, something that I'm passionate about and things that I think work and you can apply to any classroom in the world, but uh, these two I'm, I'm particularly excited about because I feel like they are my bread and butter, so to speak, that along with the relationship building and the coaching aspect. Uh, those are really things that have spelled out a lot of my success, again, along with you know all that I'm presenting to you, but these things have a special touch. And you know, you talk about last week's episode, humanizing the process, talking about not making learning miserable and how important that is and how that completely changed really my whole mentality about how I was going to operate in the classroom and everything about my process. So I think that's really important and that goes hand in hand with what I'm going to talk about today and that's internalizing marketing and and I know when you hear about internalized marketing that that seems to um, you know bring up you know in business comparisons you know you think about business marketing and that's what you think about but truthfully this is uh, just it's a pun honestly internalized marketing meaning you need to internalize it but also inside of your classroom there needs to be nothing but marketing uh, as a focus for you and what I mean by marketing meaning is that your experience everything in your process um, in addition to not being miserable as we talked about last week needs to be geared towards making sure that you know what you're providing your experience your service so to speak uh, is a positive one, meaning the environment is positive, uh, you are positive, and, and that your kids, you need to do everything that you can that so that your kids and your parents can be uh, insured of a positive experience in your classroom, no matter where they finish in the grade book. And, and, and that's really important to me. Every time I go in, whether a student makes an A or a C or anything in between, it's important to me that students have a positive experience and feel like they have seen some level of success. And, and I know what many of you are thinking right now, and you're like, well, Bermucci, that's that's ridiculous because a student who gets an A in my classroom is going to have a lot better experience uh, than a student who gets a C. And, you know, I, I would encourage you to kind of step back from that thinking for just a minute. And I'll be honest with you, over my decades of teaching, I have gotten some of the kindest, most meaningful feedback, uh, both constructive and just straight up flattery and, and, and just the positives that you get um, from BC students. And in a lot of ways, that's your most objective feedback. And so I would encourage you to dismiss this notion that someone can have a bad experience or they may not like you or what they got out of your classroom just because they score lower. Because if you're a believer that education is messy and that success looks differently, um, and, and you've instilled that in your kids, then only your A students are not going to be the only ones um, who, you know, 
find your experience positive and worthwhile. You 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 would hate to know that only your A students are getting uh, something positive out of your classroom. So keep that in mind. I would encourage you uh, to be an effective marketer uh, and 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 to stay positive about your service and what you're supplying uh, to your students and, and, and your parents and everybody uh, that's involved in the learning process, so all the stakeholders. So that kind of brings up the question, so what makes for great service in education? And, and truthfully, it comes down to three Ps for me, um, personal, professional, and proactive. So personal, professional, and proactive. And I think of, of the three, personal, professional and proactive. I think we've spent the most amount of time to this point in the podcast really talking about the personal and I think you know what I mean at this point and that's you know about relationships. You know relationships are key. Making sure that your kids don't feel like they're just another cog in the wheel, another warm body in this standardized process. You want to make them individual and I think I've spent so much time talking about that um, so I'm not going to go into it again to a great bit of detail not because certainly not because it's the least important in fact it's the most important I just feel like when I say keep learning personal you know what I mean at this point if you've listened to the other episodes Um, so personal check what about professional and this is one that uh, is particularly challenging for a lot of teachers you're like what our teachers are professionals we know how to be professionals that's not what I mean what I mean by professional is you want to stay professional particularly in times of conflict remember this is about internal marketing so when conflicts come up um, or the inevitable mistakes that are going to happen in the educational process and I just don't mean on your end I'm talking about the ups and downs of the actual learning from students it's important that you are professional at all times and this is particularly true in dealing with parents and other stakeholders within the school uh, community it is so important and and look power struggles and overreacting to negative feedback or commentary from stakeholders that that's so counterproductive you know you don't want to sit there and open up an email and um, you know just just blast somebody because you're upset you know I love what one administrator told me once before you know when you when you sit there and write angry emails emails to students or parents you're essentially giving a parent or a student a bullet to shoot you with and that's so true if you think about it don't become a beacon of negativity or give you know get give in to the the need to be right and the power struggles you have to let that go and focus on the positive and I, and so I love this advice to you know make sure that you know again you don't give them the bullet to shoot you with so that you, you know You just don't go down that path of negativity. And again, I I cannot tell you some of the emails that I see as a supervisor and some of the things that I encounter with the way teachers communicate with students and parents. Some of it honestly just makes me cringe. And in all, in all, all, all honesty, when problems arise in a classroom, a lot of times it comes back to the way that teacher how the way that teachers have handled situations. And a lot of times, when you mouth off or you respond emotionally, those things come back to haunt you. So, you know, again, it's not about that. So, focus on being a powerful firefighter. And and you're like firefighter. What do you mean? Well, what I mean by that is you want to make sure that you put out fires as they come up and you handle them professionally. You want to absolutely be able to do that. And and really 
you want to be a professional 24-7. And I know that's cliche, and you hear that from from everybody. You know, you're, you're a teacher 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that includes on social media and throughout your life. And a lot of times that can be overwhelming because you're like, I have my personal life, and, you know, they don't own me and all that. And I, and I agree with all of that. But at the same time, professionalism is is a line. It's a line that's all about your integrity. And once you cross that line, it's awfully difficult to regain that integrity. So, again, professionalism is about making sure that you're a professional and just an incredible professional so that, um, you know, you really understand that, um, you know, you can provide students just an, and parents and everybody else just a, an incredible experience and, and nothing rings truer uh, and, and shows that positive relationship and the ability that can come from that than when conflicts arise in your classroom. And I said a minute ago that educators need to be incredible firefighters. You need to be able to put out fires in your classroom. And and that is where we get into the last P of internal marketing, and that's being proactive. This is so important. Um, Educators have to always be proactive, be able to put out those fires. I love this famous proverb that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And honestly, I don't see just a whole bunch of great teachers that are reactive in nature. I think your best teachers are proactive. Um, they have a plan and they respond and they anticipate. I, I just honestly uh, believe that in my heart. I just don't think teachers can live in a world of reactivity. I think I, I think teachers that are effective have to be positive. Um, they have to take steps to proactively market their experience to their stakeholders. Uh, and this is important because it improves the rapport when those issues inevitably arise. So it's important that you know you stay in constant communication with students and parents. And, and one of the common mistakes that I see, one of the key, I guess, errors that, that teachers make when it comes to being proactive is they fail to stay in constant communication with students and parents. And, and, and I think that that is horribly damaging to a relationship. And, and, and I, I'm not just talking about uh, writing parents, you know, when you see trends you don't like or when uh, you see behaviors that shouldn't be happening in the classroom, so you email. I'm talking about constant communication with the good and the bad. I've talked before about making sure you send more good emails than bad emails. That's really important. And it, as you dig into your, your grade book and into your rosters, make sure that you keep in mind that all of those students are looking to you for a good experience they're looking to you for good service and you want to make sure you're providing a professional that's personal and certainly you're proactive about that so again you want to stay in constant communication one of the things that I do uh, to really make sure that I'm in constant contact so if you're in my classroom every quarter I'm going to send an intro email and an exit email you know, and that's thanking you for allowing me to teach, with, you know, work with your kids and, and be a part of their academic journey, something to that effect. And I'll say, you know, something similar on both ends of those nine weeks. And then uh, every three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks. So every three, I call it my 369 plan. Uh, I know that sounds like a political website plan, but it is kind of something that I do. So every three weeks, I reach out to a third of the portion of, of my roster uh, via email just to say, hey, 
great job, uh, great work, and I'm very specific. It's not a generic. It's it's one that's like, hey, great job being engaged in class on Thursday. You know, I'm very very specific, and I take notes as I go, so I have some real meat and potatoes to share with parents, to share with students, and 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 they notice those things, and 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 so and they don't even know that I'm very intentional about communicating with students, and but 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 I am, and as far as they don't, they're not aware that. Um, they're going to be coming next or it's their time in this six week. They don't know those things because I'm constantly mixing it up and emailing about different things. And sometimes if I see parents at games or, you know, I handle it with a student directly, I will tell them and handle it. So it's not always via email. And, and, and again, that's just one plan that I'm very intentional with. And when I make intentional contact with a kid, I will highlight their name to say, hey, I've communicated with this student directly and this parent directly over over the course of this nine weeks. And so by the end of it, I have talked to all of my students, both indirectly, so those beginning and ending quarter emails, and then individually four times uh, throughout the year. So, uh, And that's at a bare minimum, right? And so there may be other things that I want to definitely write about. And then on top of that, there may be some things that I need to deal with, you know, trends I don't like. And so there may be some of those things that I need to uh, have some intervention with on the student. And so as those things, again, inevitably crop up, you balance those you know, bad, so to speak, emails or those, you know, take action, so to speak, emails, you can counter them with the good. And there is inevitably way more good than there is going to be bad. And I cannot tell you uh, what a difference that has made in my career. It, parents know that I'm accessible. Parents know that I'm pulling for their kids. And, and so I would encourage you as an effective teacher to make sure that you're indeed doing those things. Um, also want to just kind of give you a couple of quick strategies that I know will also help you quote unquote market your experience. Um, some you've seen, but I just want to say them right here. In addition to what I've already said, um, I just want to hit them really, really important because again, the experience is absolutely crucial to your survival um, as an effective teacher. So number one, give clear feedback and grading in the classroom. Don't just be a grader. I've said that a couple of different times in these episodes. Um, make sure your group, your feedback is, is constructive. Make sure that how you're actually grading is very clear. When you start murkying up the waters and it's not very clear how your grade's being derived or there's no positive there, uh, you begin to damage the experience to are having in your classroom you know students by and large care more that they know how they're doing and can relate you know how they're performing to you know what grade they're they're being given and what they're learning if they can connect all of those things then they're gonna have a much better experience and also empowers them to be able to make changes as necessary if more progress is needed so it's important that you give clear feedback um, you want to number two. You want to interact with as many students as possible, if not all, on a daily basis. I've mentioned this as well. It's important that at some point you acknowledge as many, or um, you know, or if not all, of your students on a daily basis. You're like, Matt, I have literally thirty people in my classroom. How can I do that? Well, remember when you acknowledge, it's not necessarily have a conversation with them. So if you don't get a chance to speak to all your kids, make sure you stand by the door, pat them on the shoulder, or high five them as they go the way out, and say, "Hey, have a great day." You know, make contact with them every single day. 
make contact with them. Uh, you know, again, and all of us eat in restaurants, and you can have a great meal that can be ruined by bad service. So it's the same thing. You need to make sure that you are making that human connection, uh, whether that be a high five or whether that be um, speaking to them directly. You need to make sure you make that connection on a daily basis. It's really, really important, again, to the experience your kids and your families have. Make sure, number three, that you coach students. Don't just correct them. I spent a whole episode talking about coaching and why that's absolutely crucial. You should be in the business of development not serving as judge, jury, and executioner uh, with content. Make sure that you are developing your kids. Number four, put your own spin or touch on as much of the process as possible. Don't be generic. You know, I talk about this, and and, and I mentioned, um, you know, last episode. Don't don't just rehash old educational videos and worksheets. Uh, make sure you put your touch on every part of the process. Make sure that there's a bit of you. It's personalized. You know, don't download videos and then not, you know, explain and enhance on your own. You need to make sure that there's a piece of you. Again, it's your experience that you're marketing. Make sure you reach out to students, particularly if they have trouble uh, reaching out themselves. That goes back to what I was talking about a few minutes ago. It's it's not as much as we would love every student to be proactive themselves about reaching out to us. You've got to make sure that uh, you make that 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 connection with them. You know, let them know that you're approachable, you're not scary, and that you can certainly. Uh, help them as needed, and, and, and it just goes back to forming that incredible relationship. Number six, focus on relating to students as well as the goals that you have in common. Uh, you're 30, you're 40, or 50, and they're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, wherever they are. So there's an age gap, or you know, you're working and, and they're not, they're students, your teacher, their learner, whatever. You know, there's so many differences that it would seem that we're, there's a huge valley between between us and that's just not true we're all human uh, and we have to connect on at least that level and so it's important that you make sure that you are relating to their to their their struggle you're connecting content to the real world but you're connecting yourself in the process and they know that you're invested uh, in that success if you do those things it's going to be a much better experience make sure you're present regularly at extracurricular events again I've said this before, it was episode number two, you've got to be present, you've got to connect, don't just be a teacher robot there uh, for that 50 minutes or hour and 15 or whatever this, the case is at your school. You can't just be there uh, during class and then check out and you're not a part of their world. They have to know that you're more than just a teacher or more than just a content delivery device. Don't be a robot. That is so important to making sure that uh, you know your your kids have a great experience. Um, make sure you volunteer for activities and events that it, that involve students. You know, be a volunteer. Again, I know it, and that goes along with what I just said about being present. But you've got to make sure that you are there, that you are present, and that you are stepping up. It takes a lot of work, I know, but in the long run, you will net gain because your job in the classroom will be so much easier, it will be so much more fulfilling, and, and, and your kids will get a lot out of it. And then always remember that school doesn't have to be miserable, so that's going back to last episode. It doesn't have to be miserable. 
So it's all about making sure that the experience, the quote-unquote service that you provide is as positive as it possibly can be. You cannot allow yourself to fall into this trap of thinking, well, I'm going to present and they're going to listen and they're going to perform and that experience is up to them. Your job will be so much easier. And again, I said a second ago, it'll be so much more self-fulfilling if you set up an experience that you could be proud of, that they love being a part of, or at least not hate it. You know, I've said before that if you put yourself in a, in a situation where you hold yourself accountable or hold yourself to a rubric of what I like to sit in my own classroom. If you can pass that test, you're in pretty good you're in, you're in really just great shape. And so will your kids. And again, by being proactive, being professional always, even when there's a lot of fires it seems. And if you can be personal, so personal, professional, and proactive. If you focus on those things, you will see just an amazing, an amazing outcome in all likelihood in your classroom. And look, your parents, certainly your students, but your parents, the administrators at your school will certainly appreciate that because the feedback that you're going to get is just going to be so much better. And, and hey, even the learning, obviously, that's one of our primary missions. The learning will happen because the experience is so much better. That'll make your world so much better as well. Well, look, that's it. Again, thank you for being with me this week. Make sure you're here next week for episode number 10, Joke Often. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. Again, thank you for being with me this week. And until next week, I'll see you down the road.